again and welcome to another episode of Real Talk with RJ. If this is your first time listening, don't forget to like and subscribe and follow so you know exactly when we release brand new episodes. Also, don't forget to share. If you like what you hear, share it with everyone you know. I just got back from church, which is why I'm all dressed up right now, but I just wanted to talk about something that's actually been on my mind for a little bit, especially today. What happens if you are in a relationship with someone and you know, some crazy accident happens, like, you know, you just get in a car accident, now you're paralyzed from the neck down. You can't afford to take care of the, the you know, having a living nurse or something like that come in and actually take care of you. So now you're relying on your partner, your spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend, etc. This is a real big deal. Because, you know, when things are going great, when the money's coming, employment's great, you have a roof over your head, you're not worried about bills, relationships can be beautiful. But when the hardships happen, that's when you really see how strong a relationship is. That's actually, it's like, it's like when you see a tree, those trees that you see leaned over and like slouched, they tend to have some of the deepest and strongest roots because they've been through some storms. They've been through some difficult times, some adversity that have pushed against them and, and uh, pushed against them. Or I already said that <laughs> that try to knock them out of the ground, but they, they, they've stood the ground and they refuse to be uprooted. And then you see those trees that are straight up and skinny that have never experienced um, uh, much adversity at all. And they're the ones that get uprooted immediately when, when, the, when the slightest gust of wind comes against them. You know, a lot of people base relationships based, uh, off of, of how good the sex is. And there's a reason, there's, there's a number of reasons why people talk about like, well, you know, it's important to not have sex before marriage. There's, there's reasons behind that. Now, aside from the gospel reason, that you know uh, you don't want to have children outside of wedlock. That's that's the, the gospel uh, related re- reason. But one of the reasons why I suggest that people should not have sex before marriage is because sex complicates things. Because let's say when you're when you're starting uh, when you're when you when you begin dating somebody, that's actually a job interview. You're interviewing this person through dates. Dates are you know periodic job interviews. You're dating this person and interviewing them from the position of potential spouse, or but it starts out with potential boyfriend or girlfriend, and then at some point it's a potential. You, you continue to meet with this person to determine whether or not you could see yourself eternally with them. And when you see that there's no, you know, that there's no future heading to the goal that you're trying, you're, you're like, there's no goal for marriage, you know, possible with this person. That's when you get, you know, you send them to HR, which is your, your serious side, and say this isn't working out. Or in these days, people's, people's HR is just a text message. Yeah, we're not going in the same direction. It's not you, it's me. We need to just go ahead and end this relationship. It's just not going to work out. But when you really look at things, when you actually really consider what's actually happening right now, what's really going on, when you're having sex early on in a relationship, there's going to be a bunch of red flags that you're going to miss. Maybe you might actually meet the right person, and then there are no red flags that this is the right person. But that's, it's not likely that that's going to be the situation, especially when this is how you are. If you have sex early on in a relationship, you're not going to really get a chance to see the person for who they are. You're going to be complicated, I mean, especially if the sex is good. That's actually what causes the confusion, is if the sex is mind-blowing, and you guys are just really enjoying some incredible uh, physical, intimate um, moments and exchanges between the two of you, then yeah, you're going to be like, you know, this is great. Oh my gosh, this is cool. But you're not going to pay attention to the fact that this person might be very dirty or this person might be very lazy. They, they go do their job, but they're not trying to make the house into a home. They're not folding laundry with you. They don't want to wash laundry. They'll make you do all the laundry or, or they're going to make you do all the cooking and they just do their eight hours and that's it. They sit on their butt and that. You're not going to pay attention to that stuff until it's too late, way too late down the line. And then by that time, you're going to be like, man, I spent, I invested years with this person only to find out that they're the wrong person. And then when you take a look at it, an honest look at that relationship, then you realize, crap, there are flags right there in the very beginning, and I didn't know them. Dr. Maya Angelou said, I, I think I actually quoted this in my last podcast, um, but Dr. Maya Angelou said, people will tell you who they are trust them and pay attention to them the first time or listen to them the first time. Excuse me. I really like that quote because people really do tell you who they are. If you're looking at a person and you get to actually see who they really are, 
without the cloud of amazing, mind-blowing sex, you realize, you know what? This person isn't for me, and I'm not, I don't care how great their body looks. I'm not going to invest time with the wrong person when I should be out there looking for the right one. You know, so just I just wanted to start out by saying that. The other point I wanted to make is if you are paralyzed, if you are, if something happens to you, you lose your house, you lose everything, but you just have your partner. What's going to happen with your partner? Are you going to lose your partner too? Because the money's not there. The house is not there. Me personally, I can honestly say now that uh, my, my fiance, uh, my future wife, I know her so well. We've been through some ups and we've been through some downs, but we've never been far apart. Like, emotionally no matter how high or how low she's right there with me i'm right there with her we go through everything together i know if i were to lose my home or if i were to lose our home because uh I, i'm not able to pay the bills and i'm like if i were to tell her babe uh go stay with your mom and dad or you know i'm gonna go stay in this car i'm gonna live with this car because i can't face your mom and dad right now i feel like a failure if i were to have said that to her she'd be like babe i don't want to live in the car but if you're not going to stay in, in my mom and dad's house with me then i'm going to live in the car with you where you go, I go. You're my home. That's honestly her. And honestly, I'm, she's my home. I've come to learn a lot of things. I've come to learn a lot of things um, in life. Like before, I used to be a heartbreaker. I, I broke so many hearts. I mistreated so many women in my life. I've cheated on so many women. Um, and I'm not saying this to boast. I'm not saying this for pity. I'm saying this because... That's who I used to be. I'm living proof that people can change if they want to. I'm living proof that anyone with any past can change if you're willing to put in the work and actually do it. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be convenient. You have to be serious. and You have to identify first and foremost, who do you want to be? Do you want to be a good, honorable, upstanding person? Do you want to be a good Christian? Do you want to be a hypocrite? Do you want to be a liar? Do you want to be a part-time Christian that's only Christian on Sunday and then once you leave the church or just crazy and turn up as they, as they come, like you got to identify first and foremost who you want to become. And then once you identify that, that's when you start aligning all your choices to line up with that goal. Any influence, any person, any song, any uh, uh, venue, any uh, outfit, anything that does not align with the idea of who you want to become, you need to just remove it. So the more real you become, the more fake other people around you start to become. Unless they're also real, then they become more real and you start seeing who they really are. So I said all that to say that I've, I've sat on both sides of this aisle. I've had my heart broken and I've also broken many hearts. And one thing that I've learned is that when you're a good person, you recognize a good, a good partner. And my fiance and I, we've, we've done... We've been, like I said, we've been through some incredible things. And I realized that one of the reasons why she's here is not just this is who she is. I've given her lots of reasons to stick around even do the hard times. You know, I wash the dishes just like she washes the dishes. Most of the time she cooks. She loves to cook and she, she does most of the cooking for us. But from time to time as well, I also cook. You know, it, on, uh, on my days off when, I, when I'm able to, I, I wash the laundry. On her days off, she washes the laundry. She folds my clothes. I fold her clothes. If she's sick, I take care of her. If she's coughing in the middle of the night, I get up and I make her some tea. Not, not uh, like black tea or green tea, but like I make an actual herbal tea with like uh, cinnamon sticks in it, um, pieces of ginger. She taught me the recipe. And then I put a little bit of honey in there and I will bring it up. She, she'll tell me repeatedly, no, babe, come back to bed. It's okay. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, no, you would do the same thing for me. And I get up and I go do it. So I've given her reasons to stick around. And that's what I want to talk about today is you need to give your partner reasons. It's like a bank account. If you are only putting a monthly deposit in, you can't really expect a whole lot to come back. When you need that money, you can't really expect that much money to be there. But if you're putting things in daily, you're putting in deposits daily, then you're going to have a lot to, uh, you know, to pull from. So what kinds of things can we do to give our partner a reason, to give your girl a reason, or give your man a reason? Now, if, just as a caveat, if anyone on here is one of those like, woke people that's like, what do you mean you're man or you're woman? We're not property. 
I'm not saying anyone's property. Anyone who understands basic common sense knows that when I say your man or your girl, I'm talking about your partner. I'm not talking about your property. That's that's stupid for anyone who feels that way, in my opinion. Anyway, what we need to do is we need to give as many reasons as possible for our partner to stick around if something happens. I mean, if you're not giving your girl any reasons, let's let's say this. If, if you have a woman that you've been with for a long time and she doesn't really have any reasons to be with you besides the sex was good and you, you brag about that all the time, like, man, you know, I, I put it down in the bedroom, man. I get it down. You start talking about stuff like that. What happens if you become a vegetable? You're on life support. And nobody knows when you're going to get uh, wake up from this coma that has you on life support. And it's up to her whether or not she's going to pull the plug. Now, I'm telling you, someone who really loves their partner is going to be like, you got to do whatever it takes. We're not pulling that plug until it's very clear to her that there's, you're not going to get better. But a woman who doesn't have any, any reason to be with you other than the, you know, the physical intimacy was awesome, she's very likely to say, pull the plug. Like, uh, ma'am, <laughs> he's not in a coma. He, he's just sleeping. I don't care. Pull the plug. <laughs> like, just kind of like the, uh, that scene from Talladega Nights. Like, I thought long and hard about a doctor. I want you to pull the plug. And he's like, what? he's just sleeping. What are you talking about? He's not even in a coma. No, look at how he's growling. Oh my gosh. Like she's just trying to kill him to get his money. But think about that for a second. What happens if you get wrongfully accused of a crime and you get locked up while you're, fa- you're, you're fighting that crime? Is your partner going to stick around and be there for you? Now, the examples that I'm giving, if, I, if I'm using a woman um, for the example I'm not talking about that this is specifically only women. Men are likely to do the same thing if they don't have a reason to be with that with their woman or their partner. So I'm just using this just so I don't have to keep giving the same exact example uh, multiple times just to accommodate everybody. I'm just going to give a basic generic example and then people can personalize it to fit them. So if, if, uh, if you get uh, locked up for a crime, even if you didn't commit it or you just went in a rough spot and you committed a crime, if you've given your girl enough reasons to stay with you, it's likely that she's going to stay with you. Same thing, vice versa, if, if a woman gets locked up. So if physical intimacy is the thing that keeps you in a relationship, your relationship is not going to last the storms that come when you're not able to do those things. Like if they get sick, if, they're, if they have cancer or they're getting chemo treatments or whatever the case may be, if they don't have reasons to stick around, they're not going to stick around. Or maybe they might stick around for a little bit, but in the long run, they're not. There's a movie I really encourage everyone to go see. It's, um, it has Queen Latifah in it, and I believe it was uh, Just Right. I believe that's the name of it, Just Right. Queen Latifah plays an actor or plays a character who's like, um, she's a, a physical therapist. And, uh, and that, the, the actor named Common is in there. And he plays this really popular basketball player, an incredible, um, incredible athlete in the movie. And uh, Queen Latifah's best friend, you know, the character that her, her, the, her co-actor, excuse me, the, uh, excuse me, Queen Latifah's character has a best friend. And that best friend ends up marrying um, the actor that Common plays. So when Common gets injured or when Common's character gets injured, the girl just kind of leaves and goes, yeah, I was, I didn't sign up for this. And she just takes off because the glam and the glitz and all that other stuff is not there anymore. But Queen Latifah's character sticks around, helps them through it. And then Common ends up seeing that Queen Latifah is a real one. She stuck around. And then when her friend tried to come back, Common wasn't having it. He's like, nah, you left me when I need you the most. This, this one is the one that's a real one. And he ended up going with her. So that's the same thing realistically with any of, us, any of us. It doesn't matter how good you look. We see celebrities cheating on each other all the time. It doesn't matter how good you look. It doesn't matter how much money you have. That stuff doesn't buy loyalty because those things are external motivators that can come and go. At any given moment, all your money could be gone. The value of a dollar is dependent upon the economy. So if the economy completely crashes, a dollar is worth nothing. In the Great Depression, people were burning money to stay warm just because that's how much it was worth, just like fire paper, <laughs> tinder, just to keep the, the paper of the fire uh, uh, roaming. So 
it's just really interesting. If we're not doing things, and you don't always have to go buy stuff for your girl or for your guy. You don't have to go buy stuff. They're little things. Little things like the little moments. You know what? Let's go for a walk. You just hold hand in hand. You go for a walk. And then cuddling on the couch or cuddling in the bed. On a day when you have to, uh, when you don't have to go anywhere, you just sit there and hold each other in each other's arms. Talk with each other. Get the little morning breath in each other's faces where you're just kind of putting the sheet over your nose and trying to talk with each other through the sheet just so you don't, you know, blow, like make each other's eye water or eyes water with the, because the dragon breath is, you know, making your eyes water and stuff like that. But there's lots of things you guys could be doing. What are the kind of things are there? Writing poetry. Like one of the things that I do for my fiance every day is um, if I pack her lunch um, for the following day before she goes to work, I, actually, I always go to bed after her. But before I go to bed, I write a note and then I put it inside her wallet and, um, where I know she's going to look. And it's just like a little stick it note that I put in there just to let her know I'm thinking about her and I love her. And I try not to be repetitive, but she always looks forward to those notes. And she does. She started doing the same thing to me. So every day I get my lunch, she packs my lunch. Um, I open up my bag and I see the little note from her and it just makes me smile because it's always something from the heart. That didn't cost us anything. But it's a memory that's special. We get to share that. We get to live that. And if we don't get to spend lunch with each other on, you know, on FaceTime or whatnot, we have the opportunity to read those notes and still spend time with each other. You know, she's my best friend. And I don't care. I mean, realistically, there's always going to be someone who's more physically attractive than your partner. It's, there's always going to be someone. There's always going to be someone who has a better body than your partner. There's always going to be someone who has more money than your partner. But the biggest flaw of those other people is that they're not your partner. Like, that's the biggest problem with any other woman that, um, that would give me attention romantically. I would like, no, I, I don't want that because the biggest problem you have is you're not my baby. You're not my girl. Because I know what I want and I know what I have. But because I know what I have, I try to show, or I don't try, I do. I do things often to express my gratitude that she's in my life. I express that gratitude to God, and I also express that gratitude to her through little simple things. If I'm walking down the street and I, and I happen to see some beautiful roses or something, you know, near the sidewalk or whatnot, I'll pull a couple of them. I'll, I'll pluck a couple of them off and, and I'll give them to her. You know, on, on payday or, you know, a day when I have some extra money that doesn't need to go to bills, I will, um, you know, I'll go to the store or go send flowers just because I don't wait till holidays to do these things. And I'm not trying to boast and make myself sound like the best man in the world. I'm not trying to say that at all. I'm saying this to, to share things that have worked for me that maybe might work for you. Another thing, stop adopting the, um, the false and horrible ideology of happy wife, happy life. I, again, the woman has no right to be happy at your expense, just like the man has no right to be happy at the woman's expense. You both have the right to be happy together. No one should be happy while the other person is being miserable to make you happy. That's not how it works. Two, the man is not the dictator of the household. For those who are Christians and believe that the man is the, man is the head of the household, it doesn't mean dictator. If you are a believer, especially a Christian believer, the Bible is full of examples where Jesus is saying that, where Jesus relates himself as the groom and the church is the bride. And what did Jesus do? He came to serve the bride. He came to serve the church. He said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. Though, so, and he was the head of the church. So if a man is going to be the head of the household, he is not the dictator. He doesn't say, let's go, Gina. Wherever I go, you go. No. He says, honey, this is what I believe we should do. How do you feel about that? And the wife chooses to go along and support her husband. The woman is choosing a leader, and she's supporting that leader. But that leader is not a dictator. There's a big difference. The leader needs to earn his place of trust. And when he's making decisions that affect the family, that affect him and his wife or whatnot, or his family, he needs to bring these situations up to the other head of the household, which is his spouse. Men is the head of the household as the number one servant. We are the ones responsible to serve the most. We set the tone for service. We set the tone for protection. 
We set the tone for love. We are the strength of the household. But the woman is the heartbeat. And I don't care what size muscles you have. If you don't have a good heart, your muscles are worthless. Women make us stronger by being there with us, not being behind us. You can't really have somebody's back if you're behind them far. You have to be side by side to really be able to support somebody. Anyone who works out knows that. If you're going to be a spot for somebody else, you got to be right there up on them. You can't be, you know, more than an arm's distance from these people to help them because you have no leverage over the weight. And no person, no one person that's alive right now can bear the entire weight of a relationship. Life happens, and it's meant to happen on multiple shoulders, not just the shoulders of one. So it's not the woman's place to, you know, do housekeeping. It's the woman's place to make the house into a home. That doesn't mean she can't work. If she wants to work and work is needed, and you guys are, are, need to have multiple people working, that's between you and your spouse. That's a decision you both have to make together. But it's not the husband's responsibility to tell a woman, you can't do this, you can't do that, because no self-respecting man is going to allow his wife to do the same thing to him. My, as much as I love my fiance, my fiance cannot tell me what I can and can't do. She can tell me, honey, I don't really want you to do that. I'm not comfortable with you doing that. And then it's up to me to take that information and to make the choice I feel is best for both of us. You know, and if a choice is being made with pride, then you got to suffer the consequences of hurt. You hurt somebody because you're pride. You're like, well, I'm not going to let my woman tell me I can't go hang out with my boys. I'm going to go hang out with my boys. Well, maybe let's just break that situation down. Why does she say she doesn't want me to hang out with my boys? Well, because they drink a lot and I'm an alcoholic. Maybe she's right. Maybe it's not them. It's just the influence. But if you have pride, you can't see that point because you're too busy looking at it through pride and ego. And if you want a happy relationship, there cannot be pride. You can be proud of your relationship and grateful, but pride has no place in a successful relationship. I'm telling you, pride is what keeps us from you know, giving us, uh, which keeps us giving the silent treatment to our partner. Like, I'm not going to talk to you because you owe me an apology. That's pride. And y'all will both sit there forever until one of you guys caves. One, two, three days passes and you're like, crap, what were we arguing about again? But then something happens. If you guys get in a car accident or, or, or someone loses a family member or, or has a heart attack or something just happens where you're no longer alive. Was that argument worth it? Most of the time, the argument, the reason why you're not you're giving the silent treatment to each other was pointless. It was a stupid reason. It was a simple little reason. Ladies, if your man is working his butt off for you and he's, he's keeping a roof over your head, there's a man named Bishop T.D. Uh, Jakes who actually made this argument. Men cannot provide and be there. They have to do one or the other. Now, there's a reasonable amount of time that people have to work, but you have to understand the person's job. If their job demands a lot of their time because it's critical, like it's just kind of part of the job, you have to understand that's part of their life. And that's how you live the life that you live. That's why you have the roof over your head that you have, if that scenario applies to you. But any good father, any good husband would love to be there with his family. But I'm telling you, most of the time, men look like I look forward to going home. If we're working at my company and, uh, and you know, we're getting some overtime, yeah, it looks good on the check. I love overtime. But when, when we're twiddling, if, if anyone's twiddling their thumbs and just trying to milk the clock, I'm like, nah, bro, let's go. I'll turn up and let's, I'll start taking care of things myself if it needs to be that way because I want to go home to my baby. I miss my girl. I look forward to going home because it's home. It feels like home. When she's not here, it feels like a nice house. But when she comes walking through that door, I'm home. She's my home. We're, if we're outside at Costco, I'm home because I'm next to her. If we, go in, if we go to church together, I'm home because I'm with her. You both have the right to feel that way. And as long as, as one person is dictating in the relationship what you will and will not do, you're never going to feel home. And you're going to end up likely being one of those individuals that tries to find other reasons to stay out later. You're going to ask for overtime opportunities or to have some extra, over, uh, extra office hours or 
or go out for a drink with your boys after after work just so you can stay out a little bit later and you don't have to go home and put up with the drama and and the nagging and stuff like that. Ladies, for those of you guys out there nagging, stop. Because you wouldn't want a man nagging at you. Stop it. And for those men of you, all those men out there that are nagging, stop. No one likes to have all their faults pointed at them. No one's perfect. You're not perfect. No one's perfect. If you are demanding perfection out of your spouse, expect them to demand perfection from you as well. And for those of you who are believers who demand perfection from your, your partner, your spouse, expect God to demand perfection from you and to hold you accountable for as harsh as you're being toward your partner. Just remember, again, for all those who are, who are Christian believers, remember, every word you say to your partner, to your spouse, you're going to have to answer for that. Like, oh, what if I repent? Well, that, God's going to look at your heart. If you're just going through the motions, you're going through the motions. But still, I'd, I'd rather, I need as much mercy as I can possibly get. So I do my absolute best to just stay quiet when I want to say something because I feel a certain way. Because I know I have to answer for what I say. And I, I look at my, my, my fiance as, or I treat her as if Jesus Christ himself came to me and told me, hey, I want you to look after her, take care of her, serve her, and love her as if I would. Love her as I would love her. I'm personally asking you to love her. So I, I do my absolute best to make sure that I'm showing that to her. And, you know, when he does come and ask me, like, how did you take care of my daughter? How did you treat my daughter? I'd be like, to the best of my ability, I loved her. And I want to have a, a bank full of, uh, of deposits showing that. So in the end, the whole purpose of this conversation and this topic is if your relationship happiness is based off of money, or the strength of your relationship is based off of money, shopping sprees, great sex, you know, uh, a great body that drives you crazy whenever you see them wearing lingerie. If those are the things that are, are keeping you with each other, your relationship is weaker than you think, and it's going to fall apart when the first storm comes against it. There's some nice little breezes that come. You're all like, oh, that's not that bad. But I'm telling you, you haven't experienced a storm yet. If you're in a relationship... For ladies, if you're in a relationship and you feel you always got to look through your guy's phone, first you have to ask yourself, are you looking through his phone because of insecurities with yourself or are they giving you reasons to look through their phone? Now, do I believe that people should be looking through each other's phone? I don't think so. I think that's personal. You have no right to somebody else's phone unless they tell you, go ahead and look through it. Having said that, I think that it's a bad idea to try to gain trust by looking through a phone because you don't know the, the context of certain communications. You don't know the interaction between certain people. It could be 100% innocent, but the wording strikes you as there's a scandal here. And if you're looking for something, you're going to find it, even if it's not there. So if you feel the need to look through someone's phone because they're giving you reasons to do that, you need to assess your life as to why you're with that person. If you feel you have to be a detective in your relationship, you need to ask yourself two questions. One, are these related to my insecurities or are, is this person giving me lots of reasons to do this? And if it's the latter, they're giving you lots of reasons to look through their phone, maybe you should reassess being with this person. Additionally, I know every lady has the right to wear what you want to wear. Every man has the right, the right to wear what he wants to wear. But... If you have to degrade yourself by dressing very provocatively to get a person's attention, you're not going to get a good man that way, especially if that's what you're trying to get. Let's, let's equivocate this to, to fishing. If I'm trying to get a certain kind of fish, I need to know what that kind of fish likes to eat. Then I get bait that resembles that type of fish or that type of prey. That's how you catch those types of fish. If I'm trying to catch a gold digger, I need to dress like I'm wealthy. I need to have a car that resembles wealth. I have to, you know, live a lifestyle that resembles wealth. That's the bait, and she'll come running. If I'm trying, if I'm a woman trying to attract a guy, you know, uh, that is into sex, I just dress provo provocatively. Let my boobs hang out, you know, make sure my underwear can be seen anytime I bend over 
or wear pants that outline every crack and and uh, uh, bend in my body. And those guys will be the ones that will pay attention the most. They're the ones that are going to go crazy. And what makes me laugh is when you see some women going to the gym and some of the most, it's borderline lingerie. It's some of the things these women are wearing in these gyms. And then when guys look at them, they're like, oh my gosh, what the heck? Oh my gosh, can I just work out without being looked at as a creep? You're literally wearing, you're wearing underwear. You're in here wearing panties and, and you, know, you get mad at people for looking at you. Come on now. That's like Hooters girls getting mad that people are looking at their boobs. That's stupid. If you're wearing stuff that's revealing, people are going to look. So quit getting mad for people responding to the bait you're putting out. If you want a good man, first and foremost, be a good woman. If you want a modest man who's going to respect you, dress modest. Because these little freaks that, that only go after women who are half naked, they're not looking for marriage. And chances are, you know, women who are dressing like that, that aren't looking for marriage, chances are you could probably end up pregnant with the wrong guy. And then you're going to go through the drama of like, oh my gosh, I'm, this guy's in my life, you know, or, or you're going to either go like, I'm an independent woman. I don't need a man to take care of me or anything like that. Or, or you're going to try to go after him for child support and he's never going to pay it. Or it, there's just going to be lots of toxic interactions between the two of you guys. Why go that route? I mean, I know, granted, everybody has to grow at their own speed. Everybody has to mature at their own speed because I used to be very promiscuous. I was out there with all kinds of women until I grew up and realized I want to settle down with one. I love the freedom of having just one woman and trusting her, knowing that she trusts me, has my back, loving her and no other woman, knowing that I have no secrets from her, knowing that if my phone rings or I get a text message, I can read that text message or talk to that person, whoever's on the other line, or uh, the other end of my phone, I can do this with no worries about, oh my gosh, what you're going to see, or what you're going to think. I have no worries about that stuff. But, what, like, that's because I wanted to find a good woman. So first and foremost, I had to make sure I was a good man. I had to stop trying to be that dictator. I had to stop being so judgmental. I had to stop being toxic. I had to be comfortable with myself. And I told my fiance, I, just like I've told other ex-girlfriends, I, I said, look, I'm a good man. I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table. And I know I'm a good man. So if you're going to be dumb enough to cheat on me, I'm going to be smart enough to find someone else. And that's the only time I told him that. <laughs> One of my exes thought I was kidding. She thought that, you know, she was good enough to overcome that part. I was like, nah, I'm done with you. Well, what are you talking about? Nah, I'm good. Another one, she didn't want to grow. She wanted to stay stagnant and be who she was, and she didn't want to grow with me. I, I'm, I'm not trying to be stagnant. I want to grow. I want to prosper. I want to uh, improve. I want to continue to learn everything I possibly can. I'm always trying to improve myself and grow. That's the whole purpose of life is to grow and improve. She didn't want to do any of that. So I was like, I'm not going to waste my time. We're not equally yoked. And then I met the woman that I'm, I'm going to marry, you know, this year. And I'm, I'm excited. This woman is incredible. She's rare. I've never met another woman like her. And it, it's God's mercy that he brought her to me. So I do my absolute best to make, you know, to give her reasons to love me, to stick around when times are hard. I've, during these good times and these bad, like, you sow seeds in the good weather to prepare for the bad weather. You put your house in order so that when the storms come, it's ready for that. You don't wait for a storm to start patching holes in your roof. You start making sure your roof is good when the sun is shining. That's how that works. So right now, when my relationship is doing very well, I am giving her reasons. I'm giving her deposits. I'm going to buy flowers for her just because. I'm taking her out to eat in different places. She doesn't expect me to take her out to a five-star restaurant all the time. She doesn't expect that ever, actually. I could go our entire relationship without taking her to five-star restaurants. I like to take her to those things because I know she appreciates them. And she doesn't expect them. We go out to a movie. She enjoys herself because she's just with me. We can play video games together. We can, uh, we can paint together. We can just listen to music. We can sit side-by-side side on our phones. Like We just have a really strong friendship that, that flourishes into a relationship. That's going to become a marriage. 
But I say these things to say that it, if you are willing to invest in reasons for your other per, your partner to stick around through the difficult times, they're more likely to do that because they realize that you're worth the, the investment. You're worth the suffering. You're worth, you're worth the sadness. You're worth the depression. Because a man who loves himself, respects himself, and loves his partner is not going to go out and sleep with another woman when he gets mad at her. You also got to uh, surround yourself with good influences as well. Like um, each one of my friends, I have very, very few friends. Um, I keep my circle, very, my inner circle, I keep it very small. Um, I associate with everybody. I talk with everybody. I love, you know, being friendly to everybody. But my actual friends are very few. And I know each and every one of them would have my back. If crap hit the fan, they would be right there side by side with me. Additionally, um, if I were mad at my fiance and I was like, you know what? I just want to leave. I want to go be with another woman. I'm so tired of her and I'm mad at her. Every one of them would be like, are you stupid, dude? First of all, that's not you. You don't cheat. Second of all, you have a good woman. If you cheat on her, bro, I'll smack you. Like, there are those guys. There, there are people that will hold me accountable. They're not yes men. They're honest, straightforward people, including uh, one of my friends um, who I love dearly. She's, she's an incredible friend. She's like more than a sister to me. Um, I, she's the same way. She's very outspoken, very blunt, very direct. Good woman. Love her dearly. And I just encourage other people to, to not take a good relationship for granted. Because I'm telling you, sex is not what makes a relationship strong. It brings you close, but it doesn't make you strong. Going through the challenges side by side together is what makes it strong. Men, especially Christian men, I encourage you to recognize your woman as an equal. That is God's daughter that he entrusted to you. Do not treat her as an inferior. Do not treat her as the lesser being. Treat her as an equal. Yes, you're there to protect her but she's there to nurture you. The nurse is not more important than the doctor, but without the doctor, the nurse, I mean, without a nurse, the doctor's pointless as well. Doctors need nurses. They need and nurses nurture. So that woman is there to nurture you spiritually, mentally, emotionally. She's there to be the person you can cry to. She's there to have your back. That's your best wingman right there is your partner. So don't look at her and be like, what I say goes. Don't do that. I'm telling you, you're going to mute the person that can make you the best or help you become the best version of yourself. And the same thing for you, women. Don't silence your, your men just because, you know, you have the power of the cootie. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't mute your man. Thrive. Help your man thrive. Help your man become the best version of yourself. If he's lame and doesn't want to grow, why are you with him? Don't settle for somebody who doesn't care about themselves and, and who doesn't want to put food on the table, who doesn't want to take care of responsibilities. Someone who's not going to be your partner, don't waste time with them. You're wasting your life with a bad person. But bad people can become good people. But that's a choice they have to make. Some ideas that you guys can do for your girls or, or vice versa, run them a, bottle, a, a bubble bath. Go out there, rub, run a bubble bath, put some candles out there, just because. Especially if you know you're coming home earlier than they are. If you have kids and you're tired, you've been working all day, and your, your spouse or your partner is a stay-at-home parent, when you come home, give them a couple hours to themselves. Say, you know what, I'm home. Or, or you can sit there and say, how about this, I'm going to go make dinner. Or while you're making dinner, I'm going to take care of the kids. Or... Or, you know what, don't even worry about it. I'm going to take the, the kids go get some food. What would, what would you like to eat? Stay here, relax, take a bubble bath. Or just go in there and make her a bubble bath and then take the kids out and just give her some time to be by herself and relax. And, and while I'm talking about mothers, women that choose to stay home and take care of kids, I salute you. That is a huge sacrifice. I know society has been like... Society has been demonizing women who want to stay home and be stay-at-home mothers. There is nothing wrong with that. It is extraordinarily noble because I know those women have talents to be something successful. 
They can be very financially successful in, in fields of their choice, but you're choosing to sacrifice that so you can spend much needed time with your children rather than have nannies and other people raise them. So I 100% salute you. I believe me personally, and this is not to take away from anyone else, but me personally, I believe motherhood is the greatest, the greatest and most selfless calling a woman can ever have. It is a heroic calling. My greatest hero besides Jesus is my mother because of how selfless I saw that woman being, doing everything she did for her family. That woman is incredibly inspiring to me. And I just, I really want to make sure that, that you guys get the, uh, the acknowledgement that you are due. Um, I know I have live listeners listening right now, so you guys are definitely welcome to come on and, and give me any feedback you have or any ideas of how to give your spouse or partner um, reasons to stick around and to be with you when the times get tough. We can easily um, we can easily quote scripture and say what we believe, but when you know when the rubber hits the road, that's when we really got to put in that that practical application. We can easily see I well I I made vows with my spouse and I'm going to be with them no matter what. But then you realize your spouse is a piece of crap. Well, I'm stuck with that piece of crap. That's a decision you had to make. And you're going to live with it. All right. But you still should not feel like you're in prison. You shouldn't feel like you're just going through the motions and like, oh, my gosh, I got to feed this ungrateful person. No, man. Because, again, when it comes down to it, it's likely that that person is going to be the one that pulled the plug on you without you know, because I don't feel like paying for your medical bills anymore. Just pull the plug. Let them go. I did. I kept my vows. I was with them till death do we part. Let's 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 make that death happen so we can part already. You don't want that. Give them reasons. If you're not a poet, download some poetry that she might like. If she's into poetry. If you uh, see flowers, pluck some. Give them to her. It doesn't take a lot to show that you love somebody. Some of the most simple things show the greatest levels of love just going to, around the, the block holding hands looking at her like i do this all the time when my baby comes home from work if i'm home before her i like when she comes up when she walks in the house i stop what i'm doing i stand up and i go walk over to her and then i give her a kiss and just look in her eyes and remind her that she's extraordinarily beautiful that she's breathtaking I make sure she knows that I know she's beautiful. And she doesn't even realize how beautiful she is. So I know if I was ever paralyzed, I know I can count on my baby. And I know this is going to sound like way out, but this is a reality for a lot of people. I know that if I was ever paralyzed, God forbid, and I could not move and take care of myself, I know I can trust my wife, which is my fiance now, I know she would wipe my butt if I couldn't do it myself. I know she would bathe me if I couldn't bathe myself. I know she would push me in a wheelchair to be there with her if I couldn't get there myself. And that didn't happen just because she thought I was handsome. That happened because I gave her reasons to want to stick around. This part, this focus of the relationship is probably the most important part. The reason why you want to come home. The reason to make it work. My fiance right now, she can go wherever she wants. She can do whatever she wanted to do. She could cheat on me without, without me being able to stop her. But she chooses not to because I have given her reasons to stick around. And also because she loves herself, of course. She has morals. But she could easily just end the relationship and not be obliged to me. But she chooses to come home every day to me. She chooses out of all the guys that talk to her, flirt with her, hit on her, and whistle at her. All those guys, she chooses me. So if you really want to take care of your relationship, if you're Christian, if you're a believer, pretend that you're doing it for, G for Jesus. Pretend that Jesus Christ is the one you're trying to emulate. Because actually, that's what we're supposed to be doing as Christians anyway. We're supposed to try to emulate Christ. How do you think Christ would be a father? How do you think Christ would treat his wife if he were in your shoes? 
That's the standard we should be setting. For those of you who are not believers and don't believe in that, we should just be trying to do our best. We should be um, trying, like men should be trying to be the uh, the husband that they would want their daughter to emulate or to, to marry. Would you want your daughter to be talked to the way you talk to your wife? Would you want your daughter to have to take care of all the house chores while her husband sits on the, on his butt? Because I'm telling you, she's going to be watching you. She's going to think that what you do is okay for a man to do for her. If you yell at your wife, your daughter's probably going to allow a man to yell at her. If you really want to protect your spouse, if you really want to protect your kids, then you need to be the example that they measure their future spouses against. If you open the door for your wife, your daughter is likely to not settle for a man that won't open the door for her. If you only speak in words of love, even when you're upset, your tone is respectful and loving, your daughter's not going to let some idiot yell at her, let alone put his hand on her. So these things are important. So like if, if anybody else doesn't have anything to say, I'll bring this episode to a close. Just I just wanted to really focus on this point because this is what saves families. The reason, the why. The why is probably the most important part of motivating a relationship. Why am I in this relationship? Why did I get married? Why do I want to go home after working eight hours a day? Because my home is there. And I look forward to being home. I can finally relax when I see my baby's face. I know that happy relationships are possible. But as long as pride is part of that relationship, it's impossible. As long as this sense of entitlement that you deserve your spouse to treat you a certain way or meet a certain standard you're not willing to uh, meet, it's impossible. You cannot expect for, for women out there who are not traditional women, you're like, I don't cook, I don't clean, I don't do none of that. You cannot expect a traditional man to want to be faithful, a provider, a protector, to be a traditional man. You can't expect that if you're not going to be a traditional woman. You, gotta, you will get who you are. You will attract the type of person you are. That's a simple thing. Like, if you're traditional, you attract a traditional. If you're not traditional, you're not going to attract traditional. I, me personally, um, again, I have nothing against women dressing any way they want to wear or, or any way they want to dress, whether you're at the gym or in public. You have that right. I respect you. Do what you want to do. Me personally, I think it sends a better message when a woman covers herself up. Because when I see a woman who's modest, me personally, I perceive a woman who respects herself. When I see a woman who's modest, it gives me an opportunity to get to know that woman's mind without being distracted, distracted by her boobs. If her boobs are on display, it's hard for any man to sit there and go, wow, I bet this woman has a great personality. I bet she's very smart and knows a lot about science and math and, and she's a very strong businesswoman. I don't think any guys are thinking about that when they're seeing a woman who's wearing basically a bra as her shirt. I'm pretty sure guys are going to be thinking about like, man, look at the size of those things. And she could be telling him some incredible information, but he can't stop trying to get a little peek every time she turns her head. But if you dress modestly, men are forced to pay attention to you. And if you withhold yourself from sleeping or letting a man sleep with you or sleeping with a man, et cetera, then you'll get a chance to get to see these potential partners you're interviewing and you won't end up settling for somebody just because they're a pretty face. Don't settle for good looks because joy has nothing or little to nothing to do with good looks. True joy happens when all the circumstances are lining up. When there's humility, forgiveness, repentance, when you guys are apologizing for like, when you know you messed up, you're saying, you know, you apologize for that, making amends, making it right. And also, I'm sure most of you guys out there in relationships, if somebody were to try to break in your house, majority of you out there would stand up and defend the home. So stand up and defend your relationship. Don't let anybody come between you and your partner, especially if your partner's a good person. Or, you're, you know, that's, that's a ride or die. 
if you got that good partner, that good spouse, that good girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever the case may be, if you have that, don't let your friends, your siblings, don't let your church, don't let anybody get between you two. Because what God has joined together, let no man divide asunder. I'm telling you, we don't know when these emergencies are going to happen. We don't know when these inconvenient episodes are going to hit us. But it is very critical that we pay attention to the opportunity given to us to make those daily deposits of showing that we love that person and that we're here for them and making sure they know we have their back. If you don't give them a reason when the the hard times come, they're not going to have any reason to stick around and they're likely to leave. And I don't think there's anybody out there who actually wants to die on a bed alone. Thank you so much for spending some time with me. This is a subject that's just, like I said, it was on my mind for a little bit. It was something I really wanted to talk about. And um, I sincerely appreciate every single one of you guys. I know that there's those listening live right now and those who will watch this video later on. I appreciate you all. Thank you again for inviting me to your house, to your homes, to your cars, to your jobs, to your speakers, and into your hearts. I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great day, great evening whenever you watch this. And may God bless you guys. And this is Real Talk with RJ. Signing out. Hey, everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe and follow. Also, go check out my other episodes from Real Talk with RJ, available anywhere podcasts are available to be heard. Also, if you're a big fan of books, check out Soul Guardian by RJ Kurtz. It's a very unique vampire book, and I'm confident if you give it a shot, you're going to love it. It's also available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com.